Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. This week, I'm piggybacking off of it because if you guys have been around me long enough, I'm, I'm making a point. I want, I want us to really understand how our God works. See, sometimes we, we think about coming to church and, and we think about sin, sin, sin. But, but it's, a careful, it's a careful understanding is that when I sin, I'm repenting. But when I know something, I must do it. See, sometimes we get caught up into the thing, well, well, Lord, as long as I'm not sinning, I'm not sinning. But sometimes when you're not sinning, you are sinning. See, we have to get away from the religious thinking the religion or the traditions of men will have you think that you're living this perfect life and you're running around helpless because you're making an image to somebody else. The kingdom of God is it's about mercy. The kingdom of God is about love. The kingdom of God is about compassion. The kingdom of God is about you. See, see, traditions of men will, will have you think that, that we see the, the family in the row and, you know, they got the perfect haircuts and they got the perfect clothes and the kids look perfect. And, 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 and then you walk in and you all messed up. And you're saying to yourself, how do I fit in with this? I can't even compete. Not understanding that when they get in the car, she's looking at him, what are you, what are you doing over here? And the kids running all in the back seat, all willy-nilly. And then they walk in church next Sunday and they sit up in the line. And you're still walking in wounded and broken looking for Jesus, and, and, and they're giving you this image, and, and this image is about tradition. This image is about religion. This image has nothing to do with relationship. Because relationship will help you when you're wounded. Relationship will help you when you are down. Relationship won't judge you. Relationship, let me get a little deeper, will cry with you. Relationship will understand your plight or your pain.
God wants us to learn how to walk in our visions and in our destinies. And God wants us to walk in our dreams. And, and, and he wants us to execute these things. But sometimes we get to a place where it's hard to praise. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Where it's hard to praise, we heard Emmanuel came up here when he was doing tithes and offering, and, and he gave a praise because he knew that he could have not been here this morning. See, but God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a destiny, and the devil is alive. See? And that's what we have to understand. And I'm, let me get into the word right quick. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. I'm just going to re read six verses today because these six verses are real powerful when we think of it in this context. And if, and if you allow me, I like to go back in, as I always do, and talk about these six verses. Amen? And he entered the synagogue again. Listen to, listen to what the Word says. Listen, listen to what the Word of God says. And he entered into the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, and so that they might accuse him, verse 3. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. This is what our text is coming from today. If I had to title this text, I would title it, Step Forward. Say that with me. Step Forward. Say it one more time. Step Forward. Amen. Verse 4, and then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or, do, or, or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. Listen to what the word of God is saying and teaching us. But they kept silent. And, and when he looked around at them with anger, ooh, this is Jesus now. The Bible said he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. Mm, interesting, isn't it? Then the Pharisees went out immediately and plotted with the Hardesees against, against him how they might destroy him. Amen? God is about salvation. See, let's, let's, let's bring it all back in. God is about salvation making sure that we are delivered from the things that are oppressing us. Things that hold us down. So what God wants us to do is what he told the man is to step forward. He can't do anything if we're not stepping forward. I can stay in my condition for the rest of my life if I don't step forward and allow God to be God. The first thing I want to bring to your attention is this. 
The Bible said that it wasn't the first time that Jesus was in this place. In other words, the Bible said it was his custom to be in the sanctuary of, of God or his custom to be in the synagogue or his custom to be in church. See, we've, getting, we've gotten so far away from coming into the house of the Lord because of issues of past. Say that again. Because of issues of past. God is doing something new with us right now in this season. That these doors at Uptown Assembly of God are open for a reason. There are many churches around us that are closing their doors and they have, what's the word I'm looking for? They have people that's 100, 150 strong and they're closing their doors. I asked the Lord, I said, hmm, what is that about? God said, because I want you to use was in your hands. When, when, when this church is full of 150 people, I guarantee you they're using what's in their hands. They're utilizing their gifts for God. Amen? It is no secret that this man's hand is withered. We can see it. It's no secret. But he just needed a little help and a little encouragement. Amen? Sometimes that's what we need, just a little bit of help and a little encouragement to get out of a situation. But one thing we can all agree upon is this, is that Jesus made his way into the house of the Lord. We can all agree on that. Amen? It might not have been the best situation. See, and this is why this particular verse means a whole lot. It says it, it wasn't his first time. It may not have been the best situation that he was walking into. But he didn't allow the traditions of men to stop him from worshiping and praising God. Think about that for a moment. See, we're going to break this spirit that people are saying, I can't go into the church because this is happening. The devil is alive. I walk into this sanctuary because I'm walking in praising and worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm developing my relationship with him. I, can, I use myself because if I use one of y'all, y'all be saying, what, what did the pastor call my name for? <laughs> but I walk in here because I want my relationship with God. I'm not worried about what somebody else is thinking or somebody else is saying what happened 40 years ago. They was in the wilderness for 40 years and came out. Amen. 
Jesus is my example, right? Jesus didn't go to church just to hang out. I keep it real. Jesus did not go to church just to hang out, drink a cup of coffee, eat a cookie or two. I'm not going to mention no names. Talk to Jim and Ruth about dinner plans for next Saturday night. See, this is what church has become. Church has become a social gathering where people go in and they drink coffee and eat some cookies and, and look around. Hey, Ruth, hey, how you doing there, Bill? What you and the wife doing next Saturday? Oh, well, I tell you, why don't we get together and go to Tibolo Honey next Saturday? Yeah. Get in the car. What did the preacher say? I don't know. No, church has to be a blessing for others. That's why we keep coming to church. To be a blessing for someone else. Mmm, I just said a mouthful that time, didn't I? I wake up in the morning, on Sunday morning, and I'm coming to church to be a blessing to someone else, and I'm a mess? Ooh, that's deep, isn't it? Yes, because when Shelby and Crystal and, and, and Rodney and them, they're up here doing praise and worship, I'm talking about I'm in it. They, they won't let me sing, but I'm in it. Every now and then I hit a note and Shelby might look at me. Come on, Pastor, don't do that. But, but the thing about it is, I'm in the presence of God because I want to be. Amen? Singing praise and worship songs. And, 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 and the thing about church is this. Now, now, let me put something on you. Because as people start coming into our place of worship, let's break some of the things that we do normally. We sit in the same spot. Sometimes sit somewhere else. Sing praise and worship next to somebody else. You might get a smile. That, that might be what they needed at that moment because they might have been going through something. And it might take them through the next day. Secondly, Jesus saw the condition of the man. What a wonderful God we serve that he takes special notice to our conditions. See, Jesus saw a need and addressed the need of the man. Listen, he addressed the need of the man. Everyone else seen the need and was focused on their own image and problems. Mm, that's a mouthful by itself, isn't it, church? Everyone else seen the need. 
But they were so focused on their own image and their own problems, they walked right by the man in church. That's deep. See, what, what we need to, to change our thinking in the, in the culture of the church is this, is that I want to make sure you succeed. I want to make sure that I'm transparent enough that when a young man comes to me and he says, well, pastor, I'm struggling with this, that I'm transparent enough and said, I did that also in 72. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's legal now. But back then it wasn't legal. But when people are struggling with different issues, if we're not transparent enough, they think we've been like this all our lives. Transparency is something, is that I'm not walking by someone who may be withered in the area of their life. It may be emotional, it may be mental, it may be addictions, it may, it may need a physical healing, health issues, but let's keep it real. Sometimes the core is a spiritual issue. That I, I'm so, got this so up spiritually that I'll walk right by somebody who is struggling spiritually. Say, well, you'll get it. <laughs> no. Sometimes it's about, can I pray with you? Now, now let, me, let me get this to you so you can get this good understanding of this. Sometimes you might have to go back more than one time. Say, can I pray with you? Get their phone number. On Tuesday. On Tuesday, you call him up or you call her up. Sister, brother, how you doing? I'm, I'm all right. How's that situation? Well, I'm still, can, can, can we continue to pray until we get this breakthrough? Sometimes it's just the encouragement that you called them. That you thought about them enough, you picked up the telephone and just said hello. That went a long ways. It comes in many different ways. Sometimes it's not about our own stuff. But how am I able to encourage someone else? To strengthen their faith. To give them a light of hope. And then at the same time, I'm blessed. You ever, you ever thought about that? When you're helping somebody else, how you end up getting blessed? The point is, Jesus noticed the man hand was withered. That's the point. See? Is that, is that sometimes we have to notice our brothers and sisters when they're struggling in an area, and our brothers and sisters must be able to say in confidence, yes, I am struggling. Thirdly, 
Jesus is showing us that he was not influenced by the opinions of others. I heard this pastor say last week, my wife was listening to something, thing, and he said the strongest form of witchcraft is an opinion. The strongest form of witchcraft is an opinion. Because what does the opinion do? The opinion will make you doubt what God has placed within you. Doubt your faith. Keep you in the same state of unrest. In other words, it will take your peace. Jesus is not going to be held down by the traditions of men. What I can do and what I can't do. Aren't you guys tired of that? What I, well, I can't do this because this might happen. And well, I, I can't, can I do this? You know, I can't go bowling because, you know, they serve beer over here. Well, I'm not drinking it. Why can't I go bowling? Uh, well, you know, uh, um, I want to go shoot some pool. Pastor, you shoot pool? Yes, I do. And don't let the gray fool you either. I will get you. I'm speaking to somebody. And, but, but, but see, I love playing basketball too. I haven't played in a while, but I, I still love playing basketball. So on the basketball court, because I'm playing basketball, because somebody else may be using foul language or whatever, that, that means I can't play basketball. I'm not using it. He's doing the foul language because I just shot a three on him. That's why he cussing. He's got that three on him. Bam. Yeah. But see, but see, this, this is what Jesus is teaching us in these six verses is that the traditions of men will hold you down and not allow you your own freedom. It will make you walk by situations in which you knowing that you can help. Because I confess Christ Jesus, you know, people will try to always be looking for a fault. Can I say that again? Okay, let me keep this real. I love the Lord, loving with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. But when I'm watching Michigan State, I go crazy sometimes. I'm just being honest. Sometimes my wife said, Greg, what are you doing? I'm, they don't hear you, but I can't hear. I get up and stand by the TV. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to help them. <laughs> but I'm just being real. See, or was I supposed to sit on the, on, the, on the couch and say, oh, praise the Lord, they just intercepted again. Well, thank you, Jesus. The other team got the fumble. That's not how I feel. I don't feel like that at that moment. But does that make me not love Jesus? 
that makes me love Jesus even more. Because afterwards, I'm saying, Lord, forgive me. Because <laughs> I know somewhere in those four hours, I done sinned somewhere. Amen? But he, the Bible says is that, is, is that people be looking for a fault. They were, they were looking for a fault in Jesus because Jesus noticed this man that had a withered hand. And they were looking for a fault to see what Jesus was going to do. So what is this teaching me is that, is that people of the world or my enemies will always have their eyes on me looking for fault. But, you know, I always tell them this. I'm glad you didn't have to die for me. Because I'd still be in my same state. If Jesus was, now I want you to really think about this. If Jesus was looking for fault, he never would have went to the cross. Think about that for a second. When you really put it in, 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 that, percep in, in that perception, he went to the cross because he knew that I had weaknesses and he knew that I had faults and he knew I was going to fall and he knew I was going to yell at that TV. And he loved me enough to shed his blood. His blood, his precious blood upon that cross that no matter what, the Bible says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Romans chapter 8, what, with about 35 or something like that? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can angels, can death, can, can, can anything, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Not your opinion. Amen? Religious law. Jesus was walking with his disciples in the grain field. If you guys don't, under, don't know the story, Jesus and Peter and them, they're walking in the grain field, and they was hungry. Now, you got to think about it in this day and time. The grain is ripe, and the harvest is ripe, and, and they walking, and they grab some grain, and they crushing it up, and they eating it. And, 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 and the religious sect was saying, why are they doing that? Jesus basically told them like this. this. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he said they was hungry. See? By religion, I'd have walked through the grain field and starved. And the, the food is right in front of me. But I'm walking through like this. Oh. Yes, Lord, I'm hungry. Yes, Lord, I, would you please give me some grain to eat? And I'm in a grain field. But, but Jesus was breaking tradition even then. He was telling his disciples, if y'all hungry, go ahead and eat it. Amen. So the Pharisees, they were, they were already salty because he did that. 
But they got even more salty because in Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28, this is what Jesus told them before we went into the third chapter. This is what Jesus told them. He said, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. Mm, that's deep, ain't it? The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Pharisees got real salty because Jesus checked them. See, you are running around here with this religious attitude and this judgmental attitude because you're trying to hold on to something that you can't. When people get so caught up in religious ways, they forget the cause and effect and why we became Christians in the first place. It's not about looking down your nose at somebody because their issues aren't mine. It's about salvation. I'm going to say this. You ain't got no rocks or tomatoes, do you? It's about salvation, not control. Amen? I don't want you to come to Uptown Assembly of God and I'm senior pastor and I'm controlling your life. I want you to come to Uptown Assembly of God because you're walking in your salvation. It is my job to continue to push you towards Jesus. See, that's something that we have to get out of that attitude. Is, is I, you know, I, we, we, we had a good uh, Sunday school lesson this morning. And, and those who want to come to Sunday school, we started Sunday school at 10 o'clock. But one of the things that we were talking about in Sunday school was that we are were, we were in um, Acts chapter 3. And Peter and them, they just healed the man at the gate of beautiful. And they seen him. And then the Bible said that the crowds were rushing towards Peter and them. And Peter said, hold it, stop, hold it, wait a minute. Don't come to us because this man is only in this condition because of his faith in Christ Jesus. Don't come and worship us. Don't come like we've done it. We haven't done anything. When you come into the house of the Lord, you're coming into the house of the Lord to build your relationship with Christ Jesus. When the issue that you're going through in your life has been resolved, you give him the praise and not the man. Amen? Y'all ain't throwing nothing yet, so it must be pretty good. Amen. I'm give you an example of something. Because when I was studying this out, this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. This, this, this is what we do sometimes. And this is why sometimes some of these young mothers and some of these young people don't want to walk into the church. 
She had three children, all by three different fathers, and didn't know the father's name of the last child. Religion will tell you she doesn't want help because she's doing the same thing over and over and over again. So religion would have left her in her state of witherness, like the man with the withered hand. Religion would have left her there and continued to walk by her. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Huh? Look at all them kids, that girl, that she don't even know who the daddy is. Continue to walk by her. And do you know what this young woman is doing? She is sitting there crying out for help. But religion will have you walk by her, look down your nose at her, that ain't my daughter. I don't know her. Because you're listening to the opinions of others and not listening to your faith and building the relationship to help her out of her state. Peter didn't look at the situation. He just said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All the girl is looking for is Jesus. How to get out of this state. When you challenge religion with relationship, it will make religion upset every time. With relationship brings compassion, grace, mercy, and love. Religion will bring a judgmental attitude. Amen? Religion will also bring with it looking for ways to trap you. Looking for ways to say this. Keep your rocks in your pocket. If you never would have went over there, you wouldn't have got your feelings hurt. That's religion. I told you. I told you. See, I'm not going to throw my, my pearls on that kind of swine. But what we forget is that if, if I'm raise my hand and be honest with it, I didn't come to Christ Jesus the first time somebody told me about Jesus. I would, it, was, it was a point in time in my life I would look, I don't know Jesus, what are you talking about? Because I thought I was having fun. And I'm playing Russian roulette with my own salvation, with my own soul. But I'm so ignorant, I don't know it. All I know is this was fun. And this is what I wanted to do. But I thank God for Pastor Larry Trice and, and, and Reverend Jenkins and that these brothers didn't give up on me. 
Because if they would have gave up on me, I wouldn't be standing here today. They kept saying, Greg, you're going to do it. You, uh, we, we, we're praying for you. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. But I, I must say this, though. Men, we have to be smart. Because if we see a young lady in a, in a compromising situation or, in a, or she having a problem with something, men, I'm telling you, because my wife puts this in my head continuously, go find your wife. Go find a sister in the church. Make sure that they know what the situation is because they're able to help. Right? Don't try to do it by yourself because I guarantee you that somebody's going to say, did you see a pastor over there trying to help that girl? And, 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 and my intentions are good. But somebody riding by the street, what is, what is pastor doing in Miles with her? That don't look like Mary. So I'm, I'm telling you men, when you see somebody in a condition that needs help, get your wife. Or if, if your wife is busy, get, get one of the other sisters in, involved in the church. Same thing with, 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 with you women. Find one of us. Say, hey, you know, so-and-so needs help. Don't try to do it by yourself. Because we don't want people to talk good of, uh, and make your good bad. Amen? I'm getting through this. God doesn't want us to be ashamed of our issues. See, he told the man, he said, step forward. The man had the withered hand and everything else. One hand was whole, one hand was all withered. And he told the man, in other words, the, the other, when I say withered, the hand was dead. He's, Jesus said, step forward. The transparency is when God can bless you in front of everybody. God wants your brokenness, your weakness, and our sins to be seen by others. Now, that's deep, isn't it? Because the first thing we do is, I don't want anybody to see that. <laughs> no, no. But if you come to me, you guys know me. If you come to me, I'll sit down and tell you my whole life story. See? There are, there are certain venues God will take me to and say, now, Greg, give your testimony here. There are certain other venues that God will take me and say, they ain't ready for it. So transparency is also about using wisdom. The Bible said that Paul had this thorn in his side and he pleaded with God to take it away. And God, can you imagine this? You know, Paul is a mighty man of God. He said, Lord, take this thorn out of my side, you know. But the reality of it was is that his eyes were dimming. That's the reality of it is. It wasn't like he had this, 
like Fred Flintstone, one of the cartoons, he had this big thorn sticking out his side. It wasn't that. It was his eyes. That's why I say study and show yourself approved. Go into the Go into the epistles and start reading Ephesians and Philippians, and you will see it. Amen? That's homework assignment. But he's pleading with God. He's saying, my eyes are going dim. He's saying, he's saying help me. And God is saying, my grace is sufficient. When you are weak, then I am strong. We might think it's embarrassing. Can you imagine Paul? He's walking through all these different places in Corinth and in and, 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 and Ephesus and, 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 and Philippi. And he's healing folks and he's walking around half blind his own self. Ain't that deep? See, what does that teach us is that, is that God is using whatever he can from our own infirmities and making it so we can bless others. Fifth, the Bible said to be meek as a dove and wise as a serpent. Jesus put a question to them. See, when people come after you and they're, and they're asking you about, especially young people, I want you to really get this in your, in your spirits. When people walk up to you and say, ain't you a Christian? You say, yep, sure is. And they want you to explain to them why you're a Christian. And all you have to do is say, because Jesus died for me. You don't have to go into anything all elaborate. You give them a thesis. You say, Jesus died for me. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be no Christian because this and that. Well, I tell you. You'll get there one day. But I'm not going to sit here and debate with you about my faith. It's my faith. Why would I debate with you about my faith? That's like, that's like my wife cooks good fried chicken. Why am I going to debate about your wife's fried chicken? That don't make sense. I know she made good fried chicken for Greg. And your opinion is your wife made good fried chicken for you. So what are we going to do? Stand in the middle of Myers parking lot. My wife makes better chicken than yours. <laughs> Don't make sense, do it. And that's how God is looking at us when we're debating our faith. He's like, what y'all doing? He's saying being meek as a dove and wise as a servant, serpent, a serpent. But Jesus uses a question to them. He gives answers. He puts a question to them. He says, would you save a life or would you destroy it? Mm. That's the state that we're in sometimes. They didn't say a word. The Bible said that they kept silent. My question is this. Did that make them feel bad? Mm, interesting. Or they didn't want to look bad in front of people. Mm. Now that's really getting to the core of it. They didn't want to say that Jesus was right because then they were saying that 
their religious law wasn't anything. But then they didn't want to say, kill him, because then they would have looked bad in front of the people. So they just kept silent. We must have the faith while we are doing something for the kingdom of God. See, because people around you and their opinions around you will make you not do what you know to do and is right. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to say. So whenever I'm in a situation and, and all of a sudden my brain will go blank, I'm not worried about my brain going blank because I got faith enough that the Holy Spirit will give me what I need to say. When it comes down to it, don't be afraid. Being in Christ Jesus takes courage. A lot of people don't understand that. Being in Christ Jesus takes courage. Don't think because the world will say that you are weak because you're in Christ. The devil is a lie. It takes courage to proclaim my faith in Christ Jesus because the world is against the cross. Proclaiming the gospel means strength. Sometimes someone just needs to know that you're fighting for them. See, this man whose hand was with it was dead. His, his hand is dead. It's, it's dead. This one good, but this one is dead. This man was in this sanctuary or in this synagogue, people walking by him because of the religious attitudes that they had. They're thinking, well, his hand is all withered up and dead because he sinned. He must have done something. Sometimes it's just life. I could be born in a situation. I could come by a situation. It, it might be the situation I caused myself. But don't walk by me. Mm. Jesus was fighting for this man. What we have to learn as a church, as a church family, we have to learn how to fight for each other. Because if we learn how to fight for each other, then we can take it out. When we see somebody in Walmart and they're having a bad day, I'm not afraid to walk up. Hey, bro, you, up? you good? He, definitely, he might turn around and say, hey, man, I'm having a bad one today. Can I pray with you? And you will be surprised how many people will say, yes, man, what? Pray for me, man. You, you really be surprised that the world is looking for salvation or the world is looking for deliverance. They're looking for somebody to fight for them. Just like he was fighting for us when he gave his life on the cross, Jesus Christ for our salvation and our deliverance. Six, 
we must understand what righteous anger is. Oh, I just said a mouthful. I'm a Christian. I ain't never supposed to get mad. But it's a difference. See, Jesus got mad a few times. If I if I read my Bible right, he walked into the temple the first time, knocked over all the tables because they was in there, thought they was in Vegas or somewhere. This time he walks into the synagogue and he's angry because everybody is walking by this man who's got a dead hand. And they're thinking that this, this is normal. And he's walking, they're walking by him. When Jesus sees the injustice and no one is doing anything about it, and just keep walking past this situation like nothing is wrong, Jesus could not do as the rest of them did and just allow the man who had a withered hand stay in that state. Ooh, that's deep, isn't it? Jesus was not going to, to walk by this man and say, hey, you know, I am the son of God and the son of man, but you can stay right there. He wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to be like everyone else. And this is what the Bible is teaching us, is that we cannot be like everyone else. When we see a situation and we know that situation is wrong, we should have a righteous anger. We should be mad about that situation. How did they allow you to stay in this state? All this time. It, it may be just as simple as, as me contacting uh, a resource that I, that I may have and, and, and getting, make sure they got wick. But, but you never, you keep walking about this situation, her babies need milk. There's a program out here that makes sure that her babies get pampers. I'm just using that as an analogy because we can all relate to that. Injustice. Jesus was not going to allow the man with the withered hand. Take note, Jesus looked around and got upset. Read your Bible. That's another homework assignment. The Bible said that Jesus looked around like, my goodness, I can't believe this. What made Jesus so angry was the fact that all the people around this man, their hearts became hard to the situation. Read your word. That's what it said. We can't allow life to make us hard to circumstances around us. We've all had a hard life in some kind of way. Life has not been fair to us in certain, kind, in certain kinds of ways. But we cannot allow it to be make our hearts hard to a situation. That we're not, we're not, we're not getting upset because of this situation. You know, some if, if you think about it in this context, if you were in a certain situation and people kept walking by you, you would be asking yourself, you know, ain't nobody gonna help me? But it's hard because sometimes we just focus on ourselves. Jesus is teaching us something 
He is teaching us how to show compassion. Even though, <laughs> put it to you like this. If you knew, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus right now. Jesus already knew that he was about to go to the cross and be nailed to the cross, be whipped with those cattails, had them thorns on his head. When you read the Gospels, read it like this. Jesus is walking to his death. So he took time out and seen the man who had the withered hand stop for a minute. Now his purpose, his destiny is the cross, right? So he took time for a minute to stop his purpose and his destiny because this man is on his way as Jesus is going to the cross. He, his man is crossing his, crossing his path. So Jesus is stopped for a moment did what he had to do, and continued on his own purpose and his own destiny. Did it stop him from going to the cross? See, that's the, the trick of the enemy. The enemy would say, well, if you stop and do this, but your purpose is over here and your destiny is over, but he's in your way. Amen? Learn how to use your anger for good and not evil. Jesus used his his, when, when his concern was the mistreatment of that individual or that man. Many of us have been led to believe that it is a sin to be angry. They make you believe that once you become a Christian, you can't become angry. I don't know where to get that from. But what am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm, oh, okay, let me, let me get this together here. I'm a Christian now. Everything is willy-nilly all around me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to do? Or am I supposed to stop? Stop. We're no longer going to do this anymore in this manner. See, Sometimes we have to learn how to use our authority in Christ Jesus in a situation and let our anger be for good. Amen? Ephesians 4.26, that's what it simply means is don't let your anger control you. Don't let your anger control you. Amen? I'm about to close here. Jesus is teaching us a valuable, le a, a valuable lesson. They were looking for Jesus to break religious laws. But what Jesus did, and, and, the, and you know what that religious law was? It was to work. But what Jesus made a difference, all he did was speak a word. We have to learn how to use the word of God for our power and our authority. We have to learn how to speak the word of God and let the word of God do the work. The Holy Spirit will give us the wisdom when we stand for what is right. Jesus tells, tells the man, he says, hold out your hand. This is why it's so important that we know the word of God. Jesus said, hold out your hand. He spoke a word, didn't he? He said, hold out your hand. It is important that we know the word of God for ourselves. 
The spoken word of God can bring life. You would think that the Pharisees be running around there worshiping and praising God when they seen the man's hands withered. But they turned around and said, we're going to kill him. In other words, just because you're being blessed, everybody is not going to rejoice with you. Amen? I want to leave us with this. So the point is, we must continue to step forward. Don't be ashamed of what you've been going through. Don't be ashamed of your issues. Don't, don't be ashamed. Don't let the devil shame you because you, 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 you got a mess going on. But be able to step forward and say, God, take it from me. I want to share this with you. Life is either a doing adventure or nothing. To keep our faces towards change and behave like free spirits in the presence of faith is strength undefeatable. That was Helen Keller. Strength undefeatable. When I'm able to look at faith and keep pushing forward or keep stepping forward, that's strength undefeatable. God has a purpose for us right here at Uptown Assembly of God. What God has been teaching us is that, is that our salvation and our deliverance is not just for us, it's for somebody else. Let's make a difference, church. Those who you are listening online, let's make a difference for the kingdom of God.